Hello and welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as Doc Bay. This episode, I'll be talking about a movie I actually saw in theaters last night, Goodbye Donglees, directed by Atsuko Ishizuka, licensed in English by G-Kids Films. Goodbye Don Glees uh, was directed by Atsuko Ichizuka, and this is an original film, or her first original film, following up the original TV series, A Place Further Than the Universe. And just starting out, if you've seen that, this is very much in line with A Place Further Than the Universe. But before I get ahead of myself, let's just read the description from G-Kids. Teen Misfits Roma, Toto, and Drop call themselves the Donglees, an informal name for their backyard adventures. One day, when the trio gets blamed for a nearby forest fire, they set off into the woods to prove their innocence. As disaster strikes their expedition, tensions flare between the friends as they realize that growing up has taken them on wildly different paths in life. Director Atsuko Ichizuka follows up her critically acclaimed series, A Place Further Than the Universe, with her first original feature film. With luminescent animation and lush backdrops, Goodbye Donglees is a tender coming-of-age story about the fearlessness of being young and the bittersweet journey of self-discovery. Now, it's a bit of a word salad marketing spiel, but it does more or less set you up for what the movie is going to be. So, like I said, if you're at all familiar with A Place Further Than the Universe, this has a very similar vibe. It will feel familiar almost like a, not like a spiritual follow-up, but kind of in that vein. It's a group of three boys who, I say boys, but they're basically like end of middle school, start of high school. I think they're 15, 15, and 16. And it's about them coming to grips with, you know, growing up and changing things in life. Toto ends up going to high school in Tokyo, is looking to become a doctor, and that's weighing down on him. Roma is kind of stuck in a rut at home, not sure what to do with himself almost, gets a bit bullied by the other kids, seems to lack any form of self-confidence. Drop also doesn't seem to seem to have many friends or other friends. He also kind of joined the Donglies after Toto left, and he seems maybe a bit too ready to jump into this adventure for other reasons. So I guess before I get too deep into talking about the characters even more, uh, let me talk about my overall impressions and also, I guess, just warn you that, yeah, I'm going to be talking about the movie, so like, I'm going to try to avoid any major spoilers. There's really one in particular that, uh, it's hard to say if it's a spoiler because they kind of say it right at the very start of the movie with what is essentially like meant to be the current time and they kind of flash back to this adventure but obviously you don't quite understand the significance until a little later so I'm kind of up in the air on whether I should be upfront and saying what that is but I think I'll just avoid saying it or see what I can do <laughs> you might get at what I'm getting at uh, anyway yeah I really like the film uh, I know that's a lot of build up for just saying I liked it I 
it's really enjoyable. I think it portrays a very realistic and grounded relationship between our three main leads. There is somewhat of a fourth character who isn't directly present in the film, but she has a little bit of an impact on like Roma's growth. But she's in the film via flashbacks, more or less. So largely the only characters you really follow and care about are Roma, Toto, and Drop, which for the record are nicknames that they've given to each other as part of the Donglis. And they do actually explain the origin of the name Donglis. And it's both related and not related to the acorn in the O on the movie poster or the for the movie title. <laughs> uh, but I'll let them explain that in the film themselves when you see it. I also do think it's a fairly fitting, like once they finally explain the origin of it, it is a fairly fitting name for the trio and the growth that they undergo. I think overall, maybe the like first two thirds of the film were really good. Uh, something happens to kick off like the third final act of the film, which inspires further growth in our characters. And I'd say for me, the, the third act was maybe the like weakest of the film, simply because, you know, I've seen this bit of storytelling used all over and it's not my favorite trope. I mean, I get it, but still I did end up actually reading that that bit of story beat was inspired by the director's mother. And I won't go too into detail, but you could just look up the article that talks about that once you've seen it. And I think it'll make more sense. And it made more sense to me why the film included that particular plot point and development. But anyway, I don't want to get hung up on like what doesn't actually ruin the film whatsoever. It's just not something I necessarily personally needed in the film, but clearly it meant something to the director. So, um, is what, how it went. Although I will say that it's not like it was unexpected and it's not like it was poorly handled or telegraphed or any of that. It was in context, well done. So don't, don't go in thinking that like the, the thing that happens is garbage and ruins it. It's, it's well done and it makes a ton of sense and it's just, you know, I was just hoping that wasn't it, but it is. And I'm kind of talking around things. So let's get back to things I can talk about. And that is, I mean, obviously the characters. So this movie is entirely about our three, our three boys, the Donglis, and them venturing off into the mountains on a trek to retrieve a drone. It was like a summer festival. They bought a drone and a bunch of fireworks, and they were intending to, as they say it is a tradition for them, because they are, you know, bullied and generally not super welcome at the, like, main firework festival that they have in their town by the other people at their school, and so they held their own and and did, like, you know, a backyard fireworks thing and recorded it and whatnot, and so this year... Roma decides to buy a drone, uses all the savings, and he's going to record the whole thing. He bought a bunch of fireworks and, (laughs) you know, plans to use the drone to record it from the air. Well, obviously things go awry and uh, nothing goes to plan. And the drone ends up flying off, carried on the wind into the mountains, basically. 
Well, like the description says, uh, the bullies who bully them are also trying to blame them for the forest fire because they're kid assholes, so is what it is. Uh, and so because our trio are also kids and stupid, they decide, well, the drone is pinging its location, so we know where it is. Well, let's go get it. Let's go retrieve the SD card on it and prove that we had nothing to do with the forest fire. Despite the fact that, you know, they weren't in trouble. No one was blaming them for anything necessarily. But in the context of the show, you can see why they certainly think like that is the case. That they're going to be blamed for something or for this. Because, you know, their fireworks were found as part of an investigation. And because they didn't clean up because of reasons, you know, chasing after the drone for one. So anyway, they head off into the woods and into the mountains to find this drone. Well, again, they're a bunch of teen boys, aka idiots. Uh, they don't necessarily pack or plan appropriately or like well enough. Uh, they end up getting lost. What you kind of expect on a bunch of 15 and 16 year olds wandering through the woods trying to find a drone. And as they're doing it, it causes like it, like the description said again, tensions to flare. They, some things get revealed about each other. They, you know, as part of their fighting, they reveal some things. You know, Toto has a bit of a breakdown about his situation. Drop as well. Even Roma comes to terms with some things. Like, they they start to really understand some things about themselves and each other as they're put in various, you know, not super great <laughs> positions. Although they don't particularly seem super endangered for the large part. It's not the point of the movie to put them in like true life-threatening situations necessarily. I mean, it's clearly not great because it's a bunch of ill-prepared teenagers off in the mountains overnight. But the movie doesn't necessarily play with that as a stake. It's more about their emotional journey over the course of their actual journey like physical expedition into the mountains. You know, the movie looks great as they're trekking through. It's pretty cathartic. Some of the lessons that they do learn about each other and themselves throughout the course of this, you might actually really relate to some of them or what they're going through or, you know, what you went through when you were their age. Or <laughs> I guess I shouldn't generalize. Maybe you're their age and, and maybe you are going through it now and maybe you can empathize. I don't know. I, at this point most common like protagonist age of various anime series are half my age now and it's which is not especially significant compared to other older fans but you know i've seen a fair number of coming of age stories and what i will say is this one is a nice one like i did enjoy it and especially the banter and relationship between the three felt really earned i maybe personally don't especially need a whole lot more coming of age stories <laughs> Uh, it is why I tend to try and seek out things with more adult characters now. And it's not because I don't care about stories with younger kids in them, especially because I did really enjoy this one with just, I'm almost kind of over re-experiencing and empathizing with coming of age stuff and youth stuff. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, I get it, but that's me. You know, Japan has a well-documented and known obsession with telling stories about youth and growing up and all that. So. 
But anyway, again, that doesn't take away from this at all. That's just another personal gripe where I'm just like, all right, I'm, I could do something else <laughs> personally. Anyway, so that takes us back to our adventure. And I won't get again too deep or further into the actual plot so as to avoid saying too much about what goes on in the climax and after of the film. But generally I can say that it is properly and fully foreshadowed. It is well earned. I do think it zooms by a little quickly and there's a, a bit of movie magic at the very end, which is nice, but in a series that was more largely grounded in reality, I was like, oh, okay, that's some that's some movie magic right there. But even so, it was it was still fitting and I liked seeing it. It as maybe cheesy as it was. That said, they do properly set it up as well. So that's all to say that it is just a well-made movie. It looks great. The like forest mountain backdrops of the small town Japan that they're adventuring through. The shots of Iceland that we get. The character animation between them. It, it's all really good. You know, the direction is is on point. Pretty stellar work. Weirdly enough you know, trying to remember back to last night, I don't necessarily think the music stood out to me. And and maybe that's a good thing. I, I feel like the music, or well, not a good thing, but the music seemed effective in what it did. Uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a standout bit of work. I'd maybe need to listen to the soundtrack on its own. But I mean, it was good, but I can't remember any specific like moments or tracks or, or beats. Overall, Again, back to maybe just summing things up here. I think the film really shines in the relationship between the characters, the dialogue, and just, yeah, the Donglis themselves are very enjoyable and what they go through, how they get on with each other, and the fact that the movie is a very down-to-earth, like, proper adventure story in reality, for the most part, uh... And what I mean to say is that it is set in reality, but there's a bit of movie magic at the end that's like, all right, cool. Uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. It is a much like a place further than the universe, a proper, like, realistic adventure. And and barring, you know, the particular story beat climax that maybe wasn't my personal favorite, that doesn't especially take away anything from the movie it's not like it was bad or poorly done so just keep that in mind so there you go that's goodbye donglees i do think it was a, a really good movie you might still have a chance to see it in theater if you if you're listening to, to this when the episode came out and if not if you're listening to it later uh hopefully it'll be available to stream somewhere or rent or buy and if you at all like to place further than the universe absolutely give it a go it'll feel very much familiar, but in this case, a different kind of take on a similar vibe story. Well, and that is, uh, yeah, that's Goodbye Donglis, directed by Atsuko Ishizuka, the first original feature film. Uh, G-Kids licensed it and screened it in theaters, and that's where I saw it last night. But yeah, go see it if you, if you haven't, if you're at all interested. So thanks for listening. You can follow my Twitter, I am DocBay for updates. If you liked Occupied, please go ahead and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll catch you next time.